continue worshiping together today, siblings, I invite you to turn in your Bible or Bible apps to the gospel according to Matthew, the 14th chapter, beginning in the 22nd verse. Let us receive together the word of God. Immediately, he made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead to the other side, while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But by this time, the boat, battered by the waves, was far from the land, for the wind was against them. And early in the morning, he came walking towards them on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water, he said. Come. So Peter got out of the boat, started walking on the water, and came towards Jesus. But when he noticed the strong wind, he became frightened and began to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught him, saying to him, You of little faith, why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Receive what the Spirit is saying. Let us pray. God of our weary years, God of our silent tears, thou who has brought us thus far along the way, speak to us, O now, God, and we are thankful. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So there is a lot of action going on in Matthew chapter 14. As we're coming into the chapter, um, Jesus' cousin, John, is murdered by government-sanctioned killing. Another family member lost his cousin. When the disciples tell him of John's death, Jesus needs to be alone to pray, perhaps to grieve, but he wants to be alone. But the crowds follow him on the countryside and they are hungry and they get fed. 5,000 men besides women and children, the scripture says, Jesus feeds them. Jesus goes to pray and ends up performing a miracle with three fish and five loaves of bread. It is after this miracle that we reach our scripture text today. For the scripture tells us that Jesus immediately sends the disciples off. You guys go ahead. I'm going to clear the crowd, which was probably a miracle within itself. I'm going to clear the crowd. But you guys go ahead. Go on across to the other side, get in the boat and go. So they go, he dismisses the crowd and then he goes up to the mountain alone to pray. We don't know what he prays for, but um, only that he, before the 5,000 are fed, he needed to be alone. I can only imagine that, um, that there was great grief from finding out about the killing of his cousin. Unfortunately, so many 
uh, of us know what that loss feels like, government-sanctioned killing at the whim of leadership. And so it is nighttime and Jesus stays. While all of this is going on, the disciples are on the sea and it is treacherous. There's wind blowing everywhere. And if you know about this Sea of Galilee, it's um, it's kind of in a bowl. So um, anybody who lives in New Orleans knows what that feels like to live in a bowl. That's a fun bowl to live in. Um, but it's a bowl. And so, um, so when the winds really start whipping around, it can make the waters really shaky. But however, the scripture does not tell us that they are concerned. After all, one, they are fishermen. Two, they've been here before. If you read back in Matthew 8, they are with Jesus and the waters are rough and Jesus is asleep and they wake him up and say, do you not care that we are perishing? And he wakes up and rebukes the wind and then looks at them and says, oh, you have no faith, babies. So I can imagine in Matthew 14, they are remembering those moments as they fight the water and the wind in this passage. But what they are about to encounter is probably furthest from their mind. I'm guessing that they were probably thinking, well, how's Jesus going to get there? I'm sure on the list of thoughts about how Jesus would get there, walking on the water toward them is not on the list. And yet here he comes. In the morning, it says that he decides to walk on this choppy, windy water toward them. Can you imagine? As the sun is coming up, you see this person or what you think is a ghost walking toward you on the water. I can imagine that they were quite frightened. They were terrified, the scripture says. It's a ghost because that's the only logical explanation for someone walking on water that is choppy, that they've been fighting all night long toward them. And so Jesus uh, responds to them, take heart. It is I, do not be afraid. It is I is better translated as fear not, I am. Hmm. Jesus is using the same words that God used to reveal God's self at the burning bush to his servant Moses in Exodus 3 and 14. Take heart, I am. In other words, I control all of this. I am who I need to be. I am who I am. And so the next bold words that come out um, are not from Jesus, but from Peter. And Peter says, if it's you, command me to come out there with you on the water. What in the world was Peter thinking? Can you imagine the looks that he got from the disciples, the other disciples? They probably said, are you? Really? You want to go out there? With, with Jesus on the water? Um, you may not know this, but Peter is my fave. 
Okay. I love Peter because Peter always pushes it just a little further. Peter is not afraid to go just a bit further than everybody else. He always takes one step further. And if you know Pastor Kelly, um, that's kind of how I am too. And so he boldly asks Jesus to join him. In reading some of the commentaries, um, there were different folks who were on the side of, uh, of Peter and saying, yeah, get out there. You better go, boy. And then there were some that were saying, why in the world would you test Jesus this way? I am of the mindset that this is no test for Jesus. For we read earlier in Matthew where Jesus is actually tempted. 40 days and 40 nights of no food. And then the tempter comes and offers him the world, offers him kingdoms, offers him everything if he would bow down to him. And Jesus was able to win that test and so in my mind, Peter is no match for Jesus. Jesus knows exactly what's going to happen. And so Jesus simply says, come. And Peter lifts his leg and swings it over this battered boat and steps out on the water. We don't know how far away Jesus is from the boat at this present time. We don't know how many steps Peter took on the water, but I will say that Peter walked on water. If he took one step on water, he walked on water. He can put that on his resume. Check, walked on water, check. That, that brings me to really what the, the, um, the point of the scripture is for me, and I pray you will receive it as well. That it doesn't matter how many steps he took. He was bold enough to take a step. Pastor Ginger talked about her puppy, her big puppy, today. I'm sure that even as he was scared to take that one step down the stairs, that even one step was like, yay, a celebration. We live in a society that um, calls us to be perfect. If God asks us to do something, it needs to be done perfectly. It needs to be done like this, and it needs to be all done right or it's a failure. But I believe God in God's economy. One step is a triumph. One step is a triumph. And so Peter steps out in into this into this windy water. Now, we know what happens. The wind starts to blow and Peter says, "Oh, Oh my God, I'm, I'm standing in water and starts 
to sink and has the good sense to call out to Jesus to save him. Now, you may see it as rebuke that Jesus says that he has little faith. But I see that as a triumph as well. You have, you have some faith. It's there. And you also have doubt. In this day and age, in 2020, it's August the 1st, 2020, I, I would be hard-pressed to find someone who has not had doubts as they've stepped boldly into unknowns. I would be hard-pressed to find someone, even someone who has followed Christ all their lives. They accepted Christ the day they were born, even, who hasn't had some doubts as they've stepped boldly out of many comfort zones to be on what could only be considered chaos. Some of us have sank a little bit. Some of us have had to cry out for Jesus to grab our arm and to pull us up. I know I have. I'm sinking. But rest assured in this, that God is still with you, even through your doubts. There is not a person of faith who doesn't have doubts about something. Whether it's stepping out of, of what has been your, your safe place while we are surrounded by what looks like extreme chaos. How we respond by being bold enough to step out anyway pleases God. Being bold enough to say, where I see a place I can be, because wherever Christ is, he's calling us. When you go out toward Christ, you're going to have some doubts. And friends, that's okay. If you're not quite sure what's going on in this world, most of us aren't. And so that's okay. Now, does that mean that those who stayed in the boat have no faith? Absolutely not. Here's how I know. Jesus and Peter could have walked off and said, we'll see you faithless jokers later. But what does Jesus do? Jesus gets in the boat with them. And the wind simply ceases once he gets in and they worship him. And so no matter where you find yourself, whether you have the strength today to take that bold step or you stay in the boat, Jesus is going to come to you. Whether you sink when you step out there at that new job 
in that new home. Some people have had to move to a whole nother city, state. Whatever that next step is that you take. Or you say, I'm not ready to take that step. Jesus will come to you. Because the whole point of all of this was for them to get to the other side. And the good news is they get to the other side together. And so, friends, I pray that whatever steps you are deciding to take today, maybe you might not walk on water. Maybe today, with all of your responsibilities, your children, your work, you take a shower today and wash your hair. If you take a bold step and go for that job, if you move into that new home, if you call that person and and attempt to make amends, whatever it is, or whether you sit and say, Jesus, I need you to come to me. Trust that the Christ will. And that whether you have feel like you have a lot of faith today, or you're dealing with a lot of doubts today. The Christ will come and be with you and get you to the other side. Thanks be to God. Amen. Amen.